Throw the horn, let's go. And everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's the so place we play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let the play against them. And make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, in evaluating this game, this feels a little bit like uh, a measuring glass game. Are we half full or half empty? Man, I think we're half full. I just want to tell you, you know, I know this is an Alabama football podcast, but uh, Will Muschamp is a disciple of Nick Saban. I've always been a fan of Will Muschamp. Uh, I felt like we were watching an Alabama-LSU game. Uh, Basically, you know, big tight ends, you know, short passes to tight ends, taking chances, going for fakes, you know, leaving it all on the field. You know, dude, he, he knew he had to score points to stay in this game. And I think this was a good test for this young team uh, to have to face uh, a team like this on the road and, and the style of play that they saw. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Muschamp fan, but I was very impressed with what he did. And I think he did right by uh, the team and the fan base on Saturday. His team was re- came ready to play. They had uh, an aggressive game plan, a good game plan. And to your point, the players left it out on the field. They went out there. Uh, they didn't beat, they didn't, uh, the announcers were saying, you know, Muschamp was saying, don't let the logo beat you. Don't let the emblem beat you. Don't just because it says the A, don't let that beat you go out there and make the team beat you. And they played that way. And I thought that was really impressive. They took gambles, but they were, uh, they were well thought out gambles and not all of them. And in fact, very few of them went their way. And I don't think all of that was was necessarily their fault. But I was impressed with what they did. Uh, Tip of the cap to South Carolina. And to your point, I think that bodes well for the development of the the Alabama squad as well. Uh, Oh, absolutely, man. And, you know, this is a team that came in leading the SEC, rushing the ball at 310 yards a game. And yet – and they lose their senior quarterback at the beginning of the season – and yet they let this freshman step back and attempt 57 passes, right? So they were, you know, they were they were outside their game plan having to rely on a freshman quarterback to attempt 57 passes against this defense. And so I, I think for this young second or this secondary that's replacing a lot of parts, et cetera, uh, I think this test will bode well for Alabama going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot there's a lot to be said about the offensive line, the lack of running game, and and you kind of hit on maybe some snafus in the secondary. I think, and this is where I kind of go glass, you know, glass half full, half empty. There's a lot of things to sort of lament, but I think there's a moment to sit back and look and say, Tommy, this may have been one of the best performances by an Alabama quarterback ever. 444 yards, five touchdowns. That's the first time that's ever been done. That combination has ever been done uh, by an Alabama quarterback. Uh, you know, 28 of, of 36. Uh, I think Tua had a day for the ages. Oh, absolutely, man. And I found it interesting that, you know, uh, you know, Chris Owens was back in the, you know, was back in the starting line today. Uh, and, you know, South Carolina has three seniors in the interior of their defensive line 
And so they, they created some problems and Tua was able to move the pocket and was able, you know, this, to your point, this was a game that a quarterback had to be on their game and his ability to be able to, uh, as accurate as his accuracy, him able to hit guys on the run, et cetera, uh, was absolutely crucial uh, in, in the test that they had in this ball game. Yeah, he really did. I think the R- the RPO game, I think, really sort of jumped out. Uh, there were a lot of opportunities we were looking for, uh, you know, to, to sort of jumpstart the running game, but not at sacrificing passing opportunities. And I don't know what percent necessarily of the play call, but we have se- we saw more RPO Saturday against South Carolina than we probably have at this point uh, in the season. And it just so happened the read on most of those opportunities went the way of the passing game, and you can't fault anyone for that uh and we'd like to see the running game get going and we can certainly talk about that but i think the the rpo the way that that went uh it really lend itself to to a having a day and boy he hit some crossing patterns that the receivers uh it's not all Tua. the receivers were able to to catch the ball uh devonta caught one that was a little bit behind him uh but in traffic they caught the ball and they were able to just turn on the the booster jets and and run for uh you know long touchdowns rugs had another really long play and so all of the yards that that tua accumulated hats off to the the receivers as well you know two of them topped uh two uh two of them each topped 100 uh and in fact naji was pretty close with 87 uh receiving yards well, and, and Najee, right, you know, this is adding to his game, right? He wasn't really called on to to catch many passes yet, you know, last year. Uh, you know, didn't need to because, you know, we had other guys that, that, you know, had that in their repertoire. But this is the game where, I mean, let's face it, you're on the road, okay, against a feisty team, and the reason you were able to win this game with the margin you did is because you've got four wide receiver weapons because you just have more weapons than they can stop. That's the bottom line, is you have more weapons than they can stop. They put their best corner on Jerry Judy as much as they could. But, you know, just as Gary Danielson said, he said, that's great, but they got three more guys, right? Well, then you add Najee into the game, into the um, the the purposeful play calling design to get him the ball in space a couple times. Um, you know, really just that's, – that's a tough matchup for the linebackers. Uh, and so well, what, really what plays jumped out at you on offense that, that, that caught your eye? Well, you know, I think you got to go – and, you know, people are calling it sort of the play of the year. But you got to go like the decathlon play uh, from Najee, you know, where he runs, you know, maybe a, a little bit of an underneath pick. Uh, he catches the ball in the flats. He shakes one guy. He hurdles another. Uh, another guy just sort of gives up on the play. And, uh, and, and all of that happens. And, and meanwhile, he's scampering for a 42 yard touchdown. Um, that's pretty darn impressive. That is, uh, that is sort of the grab bag of Najee's, uh, set and his strength. And that was a, that was an impressive run. I think we're going to see that on highlights, uh, you know, probably for the balance of the year, uh, and probably longer. And, and great play on Judy there to, you know, turn back to the defender. So he didn't get yes. called on a pick. You know, which was key there. But even even Najee's uh, even Najee's first pass. You know, the design of the you fake the handoff yep. and he bled down the sideline on the wheel route. You know, that was a great play design. I mean, I got to give a hand to Sarkeesian in this ball game. I, I really 
I really liked the design of of some of the play calls that he did. He moved Tua out of the pocket, even on that touchdown to Najee Harris. You know, he 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 obviously faked the handoff. Uh, he faked the handoff one way, but then he sat there and uh, brought Landon Dickerson, rolled Landon Dickerson out on that touchdown to Najee Harris to give him some protection. You know. This is going. Chris Owens is going to build off of this, right? But they they had yep. three very good players inside, and um and you know this was a tough matchup. I mean, basically South Carolina said we're going to make you beat us with the arm. We're not going to let you beat us running up the middle. And uh, fortunately, Alabama was able to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to call out that really was a good play design. They they roll sort of roll the pocket one way. Uh, you know, Tua sets his feet, turns, throws the ball back to Najee. In a worst case scenario, he's going to have one-on-one coverage because you know everyone is rolling to the left, and Tua turns and throws back to the right. It's almost like that oh shit play we saw you know years ago against Florida in the SEC championship. You know with Colin Peake, everyone goes one way, you throw back the other way. It's it's easy to sometimes think that you might get zero coverage. Uh, or, or no coverage, but at it, it worst, you're going to get one-on-one. You put it up and let your guy make a play. A linebacker, I don't think, is is going to be able to cover Najee and, and his athleticism. So I like the design of both of those plays uh, to give him to give him the ball, you know, in space. So let me ask you this. I'm going to switch the end. So we're saying nice things about Najee. I think Brian Robinson might take over the number one running back position. What do you think? Just because of things like pass protection? Well, I, yeah, I think, uh, and that, and and that was a that was sort of a live bomb I threw at you. That wasn't fair, but I there were some there was some press last week where Saban was talking about, hey, it's not just the offensive line, the players, the running backs have to run the hole that's created, and the blockers, the you know, the blocks will come to the blocker. When we don't run through the holes that we're punching, then we're going to have a tough time running the ball. And so he's taking a little bit of the pressure off of the running uh, the the line. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. Let's file that away. Let's watch that. And in watching the game, there were I, I saw a couple of instances where Brian would just lower his head and run in run into the hole, and Najee would two step sort of in the hole and 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 run a different direction. There was even a play where, and and I, and and I think the defensive line sort of blew up some of the running lanes, but not so much that, that, that Najee couldn't have run the hole that was provided or the lane that was, that was provided. And at the end of the play, Forrestal sort of put his arms out like, what's this? Because he turns around and Najee's tackled right behind him and he sort of puts his hand up like, why are you there? And so I just, you know, you start looking at these data points, you know, Saban saying what he did. I watch the the style of play between Najee and Robinson and, and the difference of who just lowers their head and goes into the hole versus who dances. And then I saw that with Forstall and and I just wonder. If and now Najee had a better day number wise, and 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 so you know probably his probably he is the better talent, but in the running game orchestrated with the offensive line, you have to run the play as it's designed. 
you know, to overtime sort of get the maximum out of it. And I wonder if Brian's not doing that more than Najee and, and how does that balance out? And I started to think, you know, gosh, if that's truly what is happening here, then let's, let's, let's put a package together where Najee's an H back and put both of them in the game together. And that, and, and maybe there's some opportunity there, but if it's just straight up running the game, I would not be surprised if we didn't start to see Brian get more and more reps. Um, I think it's okay for him to get more reps because obviously Sarkeesian's, you know, Sarkeesian's background is to have two, you know, thousand yard Mm -hmm. rushers, you know, for a season. But I am going to be fair to Najee and say like his first, his first run of the day was his best run. Yep. Okay. That, that run for 12 yards on second and one was a very physical run. And I am going to tell you that, he only got seven carries on the day. Okay, the the play the the play he made where he leaped the the second touchdown where he leaped over the player and 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 you know shrugged the other guy to the to the ground etc. In my opinion, that shows you he's the starter. Okay, because yes, he is the better uh, he is the better talent in my opinion. But I think I that he is he's got to that horse has got to get fed more. And so he's maybe he just takes more to get going. And I don't think seven carries. I mean, he averaged 5.1 yards with seven carries. And so to me, the jury's out. Give him 20 carries and see where he is. Because if he's at 5.1 of on the average on 20 carries, he's got a 100-yard day. So I just don't think it's fair. When he had seven and Brian had eight, they only had 15 carries between them. That's just not a lot of carries. It's not. It's not. And and some running backs take a little time to warm up, and and Saban a couple of weeks ago even you know alluded to that. If if you know sort of ranting at air, you know he said, look, if we need to do something to get somebody the hot hand, then then let's figure out how we get them the hot hand. Uh, and, and that felt like more talking to the coaches and more sort of back, you know trying to you know fight back sort of um, excuses. I just think there's something there. I do think that. You know, run him through an obstacle course. Najee's the better athlete. I, I don't dispute that. And as a result, I think he probably has a little better upside. However, in a pure line him up and run the ball, you know, between the trenches and 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 fighting the you know the tight holes that the that the line gets you. Uh, think of an LSU game where it will be uh, a skirmish up front, and if you try to dance around the hole, you're going to lose yards versus. Let's pound out three. Let's pound out three. Let's let's get first downs. I wonder if Brian isn't more of that type of workhorse, and Najee is more of call it the show horse. And if unleashing his athleticism, we do that more through the passing game and let Brian be more of the heads down runner. I just think that might be an interesting thing to watch. I don't have that sourced in any sort of way. Just watching the game and hearing the press conference, I think there's something going on there that'll be interesting to watch over the balance of the season. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think I think Najee's up for the test. Uh, I guess what I'm saying real quick is I'd like to see I'd like to see them average thirty to thirty five carries combined for the for the day, um, and then I think you get a little bit of both. Um. Uh. What. What. Jump. But how do you? Let you me. Know? Hey. But let me throw this out at you. How do you get the the running backs thirty carries when you also got Smitty, Rugs, Judy, Waddle, um, 
and Tua, you know, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but you know, it's not like, well, let's give 30, 40 carries to the running backs. And then the receivers are certain. I'm like, Hey, wait a second. You know, we could win this too. So we need to get the oh, balance no, there's a, there's without almost balance. trying to manufacture it. Well, there's a balance, but, um, you know, by the same token, you know, I think there's just going to be, you know, each week's going to be different. Right. So Devontae yep. had, you know, eight receptions, and Henry, so Najee Harris got some of his catching the ball, you know, this week, right? And sure. so, but if you look at, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Waddle finished with one catch on the day, right? And so, to your point, you, you can't get them all catches. Um, but I think that you're going, I think you are going to see a balance because I think Sarkeesian is going to be all about the balance. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you think, how did you think the offensive line did against those three veteran seniors real quick? Well, I think I, you know, I think what you're calling out is, I think is spot on. Uh, we've seen games before where the opponent defense is is really stacked in the middle. Uh, I mean, I go back; it was years ago. We played a, a Kentucky team, and they had two tackles inside that really just assisted in in blowing up the game. And, and I mean, that was that was pre saving That was you know quite a while ago. But the point being, you know, an interior, a strong interior presence can be quite disruptive you know we saw Penn, uh, Penn State when you know McCarron sort of blew uh you know jumped out as as the starter you know Devin still still plays in in the NFL you know 71 he was a disruptive force in the middle and he was he might have been the only thing Penn State really had working that day but he played a position where he was able to, to disrupt and of course we saw Quinnen do that you know for us uh you know last season so I think that they had that they had the veteran presence in the a gaps in the middle and and where we were a little bit unsettled even though we've got talent it's still unsettled i think that was the right formula and for them to press on that and stunt and slant and do the things that they you know creatively uh, that they did there was the right game plan and everyone you know people will say oh it was south carolina we should we should blow out south carolina and and, and you know what for a little bit we did but you're right. You are specifically calling out. Here's where they had a strength that aligned with where we did not. Alabama did not, and in matchup football, they gave us fits there. I, I think that's I think that's spot on. That is the right observation. Well, and and I guess what I'm saying is is we have a true freshman, right? We have a backup who's now starting center who didn't play last week, and we have a transfer from Florida State in the interior of our line. And we still won by 24 points. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just putting in perspective that if these two teams play again at the end of the season, then I think you know the margin is even bigger. So I guess what I'm saying is 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 Bama fans just just hold off. We won by 24 points away on the road on national TV against a team that threw 57 passes, and we still won by 24 points. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think if so, if there's fans out there selling their stock on the offensive line, I, I let me open up a window because I, I want to buy it all up. I am still bullish on this line getting better, even with the names that we're putting out there. And I think the trump card is Deontay Brown coming back. And I think he he's going to, you know, and I think we talked about it. Uh, sure. You know, Chris Owens might give away his spot to, to Dickerson and then – and. And that really creates an opening for uh, Deontay to, to step in. 
I think, I mean, he's got the worst body on the team, but boy, is he a road grader in terms of, you know, punching holes. And so we might have a little bit of sacrifice in his, in his pass pro, but I, I think we've got, I, I think we can, we can shade a little bit there for the advantage he's going to bring to the running game. And I honestly think, and this is, this is just one of those football things. I don't think it needs to get a lot better to be a lot better. Because I think we're just right there, and we just need that extra block, and we just need the running back in the hole to have the confidence to step into the hole. And I think Deontay can deliver some of that, and and then it sort of feeds over its, you know, sort of feeds on itself when the running game starts to have success. Then they're gonna, you know, then then they're gonna pull up, and then the passing game gets that much better, and then, and it and it you know kind of a little bit cycles from there, so. I think I'm so oh, bullish on Deontay coming back. Yeah. No, absolutely. One one more thing I want to say very quickly is even with that veteran inside defensive uh, front that they had, okay, with with the great day two I had that you just called out with five touchdowns, okay, they only finished the day with two sacks. They got their first sack on the sixth play of the game. They got their second sack on the eighth play of the game. So even though they sacked the quarterback twice on our first three and out after we had scored on that first drive, they didn't sack Tua again the rest of the day. And so I think that needs to be pointed out as well. Well, yes, and let's let's unpack that because the significance, and, and this is what you're saying, the significance is that that happened early in the game when they were still rolling out, call it their exotics, right? Or they were still rolling out, um, you know, maybe looks – that the defense that the offensive line had not seen yet. And so they got two quick ones and there were no more. And so that is telling in in the pro, the call it the progress, the the development sort of the in-game evolution of the offensive line. There it is. That's a great example of it. Absolutely. Well, who you got for game balls here? Yeah, I mean we may lean the same way on this one. I'm going Jerry Judy for his blocking. Uh, I mean, we know that he's he's the top shelf, uh, you know, receiver. But on a day where he was down the pecking order with receiving yards, he threw two monster uh, blocks, one on Najee's touchdown. He threw another one on uh, a Smitty touchdown. And so even though – and this is, this, is, this is winning football, right? Even though he did not score two touchdowns, he was materially – involved in the scoring of two touchdowns that's winning football that in addition obviously his receiving skills but that is is the full package that's why he's going to be a top five uh draft pick this next year oh yeah and and he's a very mature kid right it seems like and so oh he had a down day uh with their shutdown uh corner on the other side and he still had six catches for 68 yards and that was a down day for the kid and so, like you said, he's the you yeah. know, he won the and, award in two springing blocks. Yeah, he won the award for the number one wide receiver in the nation last year, and he's unselfish enough that hey, I only got seventy yards on the day, but I'm sure he was happy for Smith and Ruggs, you know, with and 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 Najee what they were able to and do. Najee, absolutely. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly give mine to Najee, even though he he is technically a starter now, because I am gonna say that on that second touchdown, the the, the what he showed. Uh, in understanding what he was supposed to do and how he was supposed to, you know, uh, peel off behind Judy. And then basically, obviously, the hurdle and the physicality to throw the other guy to the sideline. Um, I'm going to just tell you, I think that was a little bit of a coming out party for Najee. 
Um, I, I think that um, I, I just think that I mean, dude, he had five catches for eighty-seven yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I think that that's going to give him some additional confidence. And, um, you know, I, I think that though, that play showed why he was the number one ranked uh, running back in the nation uh, when he came to Alabama. Was that Najee's best day? That was his best play of his Alabama career so far, but I think he will do better than that. We will see some other wow plays in the weeks ahead. All right. Let's flip the field of defense. What do you got? Um, you know, I, I like the fact that uh, we, we talked about this last week. I like the fact that Sha Carter – uh, was in the game, uh, and you know he was kind of in the base formation, um, along with uh, along with Diggs uh, and along with Sertain. Um, I think he deserves to be there. I think he's earned the spot. Uh, I think he, you know, he he really his game really stepped up last year, and you know while while Job had some good stats on the day. Uh, I think Shy Carter is going to go down as one of those players when it's all said and done. Is he going to play on Sundays? Probably not. He probably might land on a practice squad for a year or so. But he's going to come back as one of those players that was the glue uh, that we needed at the right time. And uh, I'm just really happy for him uh, that he was out there as much as he was. No, I agree. And I think this this is where it's a Rubik's Cube, right? And so if we say, you know, Shy is a really good option at 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 the star, then that moves Sertain back to corner. And Job is is the one that sort of, you know, he's the one without a a, a position. I like Maiden and and you know Xavier McKinney at, at the safeties. And so Job is the one sort of left out. What's interesting, when we go to dime, we're seeing battle, uh Jordan battle in in a lot. And so just as we said before with, with Shy, we may have a starting five without without Shy. Well, we may have sort of a switch up here where we have a starting, you know, even a starting dime package without Job. And and it's and it's the same comment that we have. Look at the talent that can't even get the field because of the other rotation. So I think that's fun. That's exciting to see. I am at a point where I'm ready for us to settle on the nickel and dime package. And someone is going to get left out, and I'm not rooting for anyone to get left out, but I think the starters need continuity, knowing that they're the starters, and play ball. That's that's where I'm at on the secondary. I'm still bullish on the secondary. Uh, I know, you know, uh, you know, the quarterback at South Carolina had a, had a tremendous day, over 300 yards. I think it was a lot of, you know, underneath stuff. I think they had a good game plan. But I'm ready for our secondary to settle into itself and then just get better with reps. Oh, sure. Now, I will say, you know, Job finished third on the stat sheet, okay? And so he got some good opportunities to to get some good playing time. But I guess what I'm saying is take nothing away from Job. He's a sophomore. Shy's a senior. Job is going to have his time. If he's patient, his time will be there, right? But right now, we need that veteran leadership that Shy brings to the table. Um, I will tell you very quickly that – uh, I'm surprised that we're that that we're seeing battle because battle's a true freshman. I'm just going to tell you, like on that one touchdown shot, <clears throat> on that one touchdown pass in the end zone uh, in the first half. You know that was on Jordan Battle. Okay, I mean basically, Shy Shy had the outside coverage. He had the inside coverage. Uh, he he turned back too late, reacted too late. You know, touchdown. 
And uh, how many times do you see a receiver catch a touchdown pass when he's being double covered by two Alabama defenders? I don't see well, that happening. Well, it was still often. it was still a really it was still a really tight window and a really great throw. But but you're right, Jordan turned the wrong way. Um, he turned you know he just turned the wrong way, and that created the little bit of window. And had he turned the right way, uh, then that window's not there. And and the quarterback was good enough to put it in a tight window. But had he not turned the wrong way, the window wouldn't have been there. Yeah, and so I'm just surprised we didn't see Daniel Wright more. Because I, I think ah, that okay. in other words, I, I hope we see more Wright. You know, okay, Wright's opportunity is still there. I know you said you want to settle on these players, but I think Wright and Battle, I don't think that's worked out yet. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I will say very quickly, okay, uh, at the beginning of the game when Maiden was, you know, Maiden and McKinney were too deep, about 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And they were doing that play where they were running. They were doing that end around to their physical wide receiver. Yep. Um, there was just a couple plays where Maiden and he saw it and recognized it. Him and McKinney were lined up right next to each other. He saw it and recognized it like two steps quicker than McKinney did. And we know how good of a player McKinney is. Yep. And he, and his speed to get to the edge there, you can really see why this kid. If you know, I understand he's a senior, but but I, I think that I think we're gonna I think by the time this season's over, uh, people are gonna look at Maiden and he's gonna be a different player in week nine than he is right this second. Obviously, most yes. players should, but his athleticism, I, I think when it slows down for him in the next couple of weeks, he's gonna make some big, big plays against some tough SEC opponents late in the season. No, I think Maiden's going to be sort of the next Robert Lester or the next uh, the name escapes me, but where where running our you know DBs have sort of been relegated, 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 and then as, as a as you know and, and Maiden stepped into the dime package last year, but this year as a senior, I think that he's going to be uh, you know given more of an opportunity and really just manifest his his time in the program and his experience, like you said, his recognition. Yeah, I think we're going to see some good ball from Maiden this year. I think, I, and I talk about the shuffling, Maiden's in. In my mind, Maiden's in. And so I do want to see some, some, I do want to see some settling out, but I don't think Maiden is shuffled out as a result of that. No, 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 no. Well, talk talk for the listeners real quick just about, about LeBron Ray and just give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, in, 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 What's interesting is LeBron Ray and Justin Aboibe, uh, who saw his first action of the season, both of them arrived at the stadium wearing walking boots, and both of them played. Uh, presumably, they both left the stadium in walking boots. Uh, but uh, LeBron Ray, uh, you know, his foot problem resurfaced uh, during the game. And preliminary reports, you know, as of you know Monday morning, are that he might be lost for the season. And that is a devastating loss, I think, to to the front. Uh, obviously, it's good to have a boy be come back, but that was his first collegiate action, and he did not register a, a tackle that I saw. And so, it's good to have at least another you know warm body out there. But you know, none no pun intended for foot injuries. But we he's got big shoes to fill, and and then I would just say, and this is not a knock on the trainer and the coach and anything, but. What is going on with the foot injuries? We lost Trey Sanders for the season. We've had players over the last, if you went to just the last, you know, three years, the foot injuries we've had, I, 
you know, and, and Saban leaves no stone unturned. I am just curious, what's the cause of that? How do we mitigate that? I don't follow other teams as closely closely as Alabama, but I I mean, in the history of following Alabama, I don't remember this many foot injuries. No, I agree, man, and um, it is hopefully hopefully the hopefully the reports on Ray, you know, are not a hundred percent can you know clear in it yet. Uh, hopefully, um, he is he is someone that that can get back on the field. Uh, because obviously, you know, we we will need him before before things are said and done. Uh, I will I, I will go back to to battle very uh, quickly, um, and and I will just um, I like the fact that they had him. You know how we talk about you know we got twenty starters on defense and they're all situational guys in Saban's book. Well, I don't want battle back in coverage on the situation we talked about maybe right this second versus, you know, some other guys. But I like them walking him up when he, you know, was in on the sack on the South Carolina quarterback early in the game. Because then you don't have to think, right? You just use your athleticism and your physicality just to just to walk up on the line. This is a couple weeks in a row they've done this with him now. And uh, I'd like them to use him in that situation to help manufacture pressure. Uh, and give you know, and 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 be able to uh, have McKinney in the box and still being able to to be more of a, a DB guy. I like that use of battle. I just I just maybe want to just have them focus on that uh, in their scheming. No, I think that's fair. I think, and I think that's connected to LeBron Ray, right? If we're missing a defensive end, we might have to manufacture some some outside pressure, and it may come in in the in the form of safety blitzes. Well, tell me who's your mini game ball on defense. You know, just real quickly, I, I agree with Saban. 86 snaps on defense is too many. Uh, we allow too many first downs, especially a hot day. That's two weeks in a row that Alabama's played a hot Saturday game. This next week we have a third in a row. That really zaps the 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 team as a whole. But, you know, I think especially the defense, we've got to get off on third down. Uh, I think there was some, some poor tackling. And I think that was a little bit of, of fatigue, and I think that was a little bit of, um, you know, South Carolina playing more aggressive than maybe uh, our guys expected. And so I think there's a lot of that that we can work on, and we absolutely will uh, need to work on. Uh, I'm going mini game ball. I'm going DJ Dale. Um, he was sort of a, a stat sh- stat sheet stuffer, uh, you know, from the interior position. You know, three tackles, a sack, and a fumble recovery. Uh, there, there was. On the fumble recovery, the first time through, it looked like he was near the play, and and then watching it back a couple of times in some of the slow mos, he actually recovered the ball, and it and and from the first time I saw where he was near the tackle to recovering, my 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 thought was how did he get there, the 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 distance that he had to traverse to be you know standing behind the tackle to being under the pile getting the ball. I don't know. I mean, the dude's the Flash or the Matrix or something because that was uh, from the from the angles that I saw. That was impressive that he was able to to move to get back to the pile to get under the pile to get the ball. Uh, and I get, I know the ball kind of bounces and the ball can come to him a little bit too. Uh, but still, he he was a background fixture. He went from background fixture to recovering the fumble. That was impressive. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I want to touch on real quick what you said about getting off the field on third down just very quickly for the listeners. You know, their first drive where they finished with a field goal, you know, Sertain intercepted that ball on third and three. But yet they got to stay on the field because we had 12 men on the field. Okay. Um, and then uh, on their touchdown two series later, you know, we, we basically stopped them. Uh, we, we stopped them on, you know, uh, we stopped them on third and 10. Uh, but then we have uh, defensive offsides, which allows them to replay the call for third and five instead and get another third down. And they score, you know, that's what they scored the 31 the yard touchdown against Jordan Battle. So that's 10 points of their 23 that should not have happened, uh, you know, had we not had mental mistakes there. So um, I, I want to give the nod to Christian Harris. The type of play that South Carolina brings to the table allowed Christian Harris to get more run in this game. And um, I, I really like the combination that him and Shane Lee bring. You know, he's a, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big guy too, but he's just a little bit quicker, right? And um, I think that, I think they're going to be a nice combination for Alabama fans to watch in the future. And I just want to give him, I want to give him a shout out because, um, you know, this was his most run of the season so far. And uh, he finished, you know, with a respectable day on the stat sheet uh, and some good confidence for the young kids. So I just want to give it a shout out to Christian Harris. Yeah, I think this is, this is one of those learning games uh, you know, learning opportunities uh, from Christian Harris. At one point in the game, he was actually taken out, uh, and, and Coach said that he wanted them to, you know, to sit down, watch the game, sort of slow down a little bit, uh, some of the tempo, uh, and some of, you know, frankly, attacking the middle that South Carolina was doing. He was a little bit sort of overwhelmed. They brought in Ali Keho. He didn't, you know, perform a whole lot better. Christian Harris got, you know, sort of back out there. I think this is, I, you know, I think you're right. This is one of those games where he is going to learn a lot. Uh, you know, he is he is going to advance, I think, materially. I go back to the D. Milliner when he got burned on his first play, you know, starting against Arkansas, you know, how many years ago, and, you know, went on to become an All-America player because he learned from that experience. I think this is that type of experience for, for Christian Harris. I think he got – I think we saw him get a little bit better on the day and and kudos to him for that. I think he's going to get a lot better as the result of Saturday. And uh, I think I think that's a, that's an, an insightful call out. All right, talk to me about special teams, man. Uh, we kind of have a little bit of a, a mixed bag on special teams for the day. Yeah, definitely a mixed bag. Um, uh, definitely a mixed bag on on special teams. I think if if I were Will Reichert, I I would really like the stats that that ESPN is showing because they're not showing the missed kick. Uh, they're showing two of two instead of two of three. Um, hey, look, I like the two makes. Uh, that miss thirty seven is is that's a makeable kick. You make those. Uh, I know I know he's a freshman, but that's a makeable kick. You make those kicks, and and in in sort of the backdrop of the kicking woes that we've had uh, that Alabama's had. Um, it, it just, you know, kind of, it's just all the more frustrating. And then I think, um, this will sound ugly, but I think Skylar demonstrated why, um, why Reichert was taking some of the, the punts. Um, he had, you know, a pretty ugly shank, uh, early in the game. Uh, I got a couple other thoughts, special teams. Well, it's a shame real quick that he didn't, you know, I'm glad he only had the one punt on the day. Cause that obviously meant we were being successful offensively. Right. But I wish he could have got one more to kind of wash that one away. 
because now he's got to go the whole week with I had one punt for 14 yards. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That is a good point. You'd like sort of a redemption punt and, uh, and you know, but fortunately there wasn't one because the offense, uh, you know, kept moving the ball. Um, you know, a couple other things that I saw on special teams, I, you know, they had a fake kick that, that we did, that Alabama did not defend, uh, very well. That was called back for a penalty. I thought it was a good penalty, but then Alabama got away with one similar, uh, to that later. Uh, sure. I think that fake, was on Diggs, right? I mean, that was on Diggs. I mean, Diggs has got to keep, he's got to keep containment there. Right. And then I think, uh, they had a fake punt that we did defend well, uh, Terrell Shavers didn't get, you know, sort of all sort of lankiness of him. He did not make the tackle, but he certainly got up there and, and, uh, you know, impacted the play, uh, sort of broke down the, uh, the runner and forced the runner to sort of redirect. And by that time he had help. And, uh, and so I thought that was a good play, good read by Terrell Shavers. And I don't think any of us have him as a, as a thumper. So, uh, he kind of got up there and did the scarecrow thing, uh, which was, which was funny to see, uh, but it was effective and helped sort of, you know, break down the play. I'll tell you, I think the best thing I say, best thing, one of the things that I was most pleased to see in special teams was the opening kickoff and Henry Ruggs, you know, they want the ball, you know, coach lets them get the ball, but that is the ball was sort of coming down by the sidelines. It looked like he was going to scoop it. And then he thought better of it. And the ball went out of bounds at like the one and a half and, and Alabama got it at the 35. And I thought that if we gave a mini game ball for special teams, Henry Ruggs gets it right there. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I was going to call this out. So I should have done it when I had my chance. So you wouldn't steal it is he was over there to get the ball. He was in the right position to make the play, but just then the mental IQ, the football IQ of looking up and saying, oh, this is going to go out of bounds. So that was awesome. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Slade Bolden, five foot 11, 191-pounder from West Monroe, uh, because he's the one that probably got the play of his Alabama career on the tackle on that fake punt. And so just a quick shout out to him because a great moment for him to to do that. Anything else on special teams? Well, not not special teams. I want to insert, you know, something. I know we're going to go to the next game. I just want to insert, and I know we've talked about South Carolina and their quarterback, but I want to give a little, a little, little extra dollop for uh, Ryan Helensky. I mean, he was 36 of 57, 324, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, first SEC play at home against Alabama. That is that is a tall ask, but the weight on his shoulders, uh, you know, running out there uh, wearing number three, the weight on his shoulders. Ryan Helensky is is the younger brother of Tyler Helensky, the former Washington State quarterback uh, that early last year, two thousand early two thousand eighteen, um, committed suicide. And I know that that has been just an incredible weight, an inc- incredible uh, burden, and just tragedy uh, for for he and his family. And uh, to go out there with all of the emotion that he must have been fe- feeling, um, you know, good feelings for himself, but also just the the feelings that that he knows that his his family, that he and his family have to sort of live with every day. Uh, I just want to give the tip of the tip of the cap to uh, to the kid. Uh, he seemed to shoulder all of that very, very well. And, uh, you know, I wish him well in life. And uh, certainly uh, certainly looks like South Carolina has something there uh, at the quarterback position in the in the person of Ryan Helensky. 
No, absolutely, man. I think that's a good call. We'll we'll talk about talk about this game coming up. We we haven't played these Golden Eagles in a while. Uh, it's nice to see Southern Miss on the schedule. Um, Southern Miss, you know, they uh, they played at Troy uh, and won forty seven to forty two, and so they were able to eke out a win by five points uh, in this weekend's games. Uh, Troy was coming in off a bye week. Uh, you know, they had they had an early bye week in the season before they took on Southern Miss, which obviously helped them in their game. But still, Southern Miss was only able to win by five points against Troy. So I think, uh, you know, this is that uh, JP game we used to call it, right? This is our 11 o'clock JP game kickoff Tuscaloosa time. What, how do you think this lines up for Alabama? Well, you stole just what I was going to go for. I, this is this is this well, is a good. game. That I'm glad. Back. <laughs> this game sort of harkens back to, uh, you know, to our youth, right? And is anyone going to be offended if we call it the the 11 o'clock JP game? Because hell, that's what it is. Uh, I'm just glad we're not driving to. Um, I'm just glad we're not having to drive up to uh, Birmingham in in you know less than conditions. Yes, I agree, man. What do you what do you what do you think this outcome is going to be, man? What do you think? What kind of score do you think we're looking at here? Yeah, I think I, I think I saw where Vegas has this a forty point uh, line, and I think that's that's I think that's kind of right on. I, I wrote down forty eight to seven, and so that's you know that's just right at it. That's a, a maybe a little bit over. Um, I think it's going to be that type of that type of game. I don't think we, you know, and we've said this before. It's hard to kind of predict the the shutout. Uh, I think they do, you know, probably muster a, muster a score. Uh, I think we see a lot of rotation, uh, you know, across the Alabama. And, I, and partly because it's the third hot, you know, Saturday game in a row. Uh, you, we kind of need to need to break out of that cycle. Uh, I think we're going to see, you know, better tackling. I think we're going to see just an overall crisper uh, performance. And I think the offensive line um, I think this is their chance because next week, uh, n- next week, what I think is going to be for a night game, Ole Miss comes to town and that happens to be the fifth game of the season. And that's when Deontay Brown's, um, uh, suspension is lifted. And so I think the, I think that interior group, they are going to be fighting to make, they need to make their run. Yeah. That, and this will be their chance. And they're going to say, you know, running back, you run up, run up behind me. Because I want to be the one, you know, punching those holes, and so I think there's going to be a little bit of, you know, do I say do I think they get 30 carries? I'm not going to go that far, uh, but is there a little bit of audition? Yeah, there is, and so I would say watch for the running game, because you know you hear it like in a contract year or something like that. Well, this is a contract week, uh, you know, for that offensive lineman because someone's sitting down next Saturday, and um, and they're all going to be jockeying for it not to be them. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is a Southern Miss team that lost to Mississippi State by 23 points, 38 to 15. And yet Mississippi State just, you know, lost at home against Kansas State by a touchdown. So sometimes you can connect the dots. And so uh, I do see this, you know, Saban's not going to want it to be 50. So I'll I'll give them 48 to 7. But I think this is going to be a game where hopefully we clear the bench and, and play a lot of players. And and if and and specifically on that front line, this is where we're going to see where our depth is behind you know behind LeBron Ray. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Any anything else you got for the listeners, man? No, that's it. I think we uh, I think we covered bases. Do you want to take us out? You've been hitting me up on. Uh, no, you know, man. You go ahead on, and do on it. On me man. taking you us out. It. You want to take us time. out today? 
No, you go ahead and do it, man. It's all good. <laughs> this is it, right? This is this is why people listen for. <laughs> this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.